to the podcast TV with my mom, the podcast where me and my mom talk about TV. Hi, Mom. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I asked you first. <laughs> I'm doing okay. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's been a good kind of chill weekend. Not super looking forward to going back to work tomorrow. Ugh. Me either. Mm. You had the whole weekend off. That never happens. I know. It was a, a fluke. I had the whole weekend off, but I kind of needed it because I'm fighting a cold. Yeah, you sound a little raspy, but hopefully our listeners won't notice. I hope they don't mind. I'm sure they won't mind. I um, hope you don't mind that I'm sitting so close to you and talking. Both my phone and my computer are low on battery, so let's jump right into <laughs> Dear it. Dear sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about... Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot. TV news with you-know-who. Uh, Me? Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> um, just a couple of little things. There's an article out in The Hollywood Reporter today by Ryan Parker. Do you know who Bob Costas is? Yes, he's, he's a sports writer. Yes. Do you remember when he had pink eye at the Olympics? Yes. He had to wear... Mm, did he wear sunglasses a lot? No. I just think he looked real bad. He looked real skanky. Yeah, um, go ahead. Anyway, there's an article out today in The Hollywood Reporter by Ryan Parker about Bob Costas. And uh, of the fact that he has been dropped from coverage of the Super Bowl on NBC. He's not allowed to do Super Bowl coverage. Why? Because last year, he uh, made some statements on air and at a event at the University of Maryland where he talked about the dangers of football and concussions specifically. Um, And he was told that he crossed the line in doing that. But he, he basically said the reality is that this game destroys people's brains. And what, I has, just, what has that to do with pink eye? Oh, I just was reminding people who Bob Costas was. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I think that's good, though. Yeah. That he spoke out. Because, you know what? <laughs> you get hit enough times on your noggin, you're going to be remember worse shit than I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Say that again? I wasn't listening. I was reading this article. <laughs> I said you get a hit enough times on your noggin, uh-huh. you're going to be not remembering stuff the way I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, but also the kind of um, disease that multiple concussions causes in, uh, you know, it's like traumatic, traumatic brain injuries in football players. Makes them have really terrible mood swings, makes oh. them more violent, makes them more prone to suicide. And, That's you know, crazy. dementia and all of that as well. Ugh. So, um Anyway, after the Super Bowl, I thought that would be an interesting bit of news to share, that Bob Costas spoke out against uh, concussions in football. And the Super Bowl and was boring. And, and the Super Bowl was kind of boring. <laughs> you know, a lot of people uh, were saying that while it was a low-scoring game, the sort of like defensive strategy that was going on in the game was very interesting for people who care about football. I guess. Um, I don't know. What did you think of that halftime show? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, you put it in I uh just a couple nights ago I was watching some other like previous Super Bowl halftime shows just to get like you know, we watched the halftime show this year and we were not Adam thrilled. Adam in 5. Yeah. Yeah, we were not thrilled. And then I was like, well maybe you know, the other ones suck too. Yeah, maybe they're just not that good because yeah. you know, they're kind of like mishmash things. Yeah. I did the same thing. I went back and I watched oh, the Coldplay Beyonce. That was kind of weird. I mean, I Bruno enjoyed. Mars. I, I thought that was an amazing halftime show. Oh, I thought that was good. At Coldplay danced, you know, dancing off with Bruno Mars and Beyonce was a little weird. When they were at the end, they were all like dancing up the stage. <laughs> I don't think Chris Martin's, a, you know, 
No, but in terms of a halftime show, it's a really good halftime show. It is a good halftime show. Yes, I <laughs> You agree. always harp on like the weirdest little things. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, I watched Katy Perry mm. coming out on that gigantic Elephant tiger thing. thing. That was yeah. cool. Mm. Um, I don't really like Lady Gaga, but you know. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> but I guess she was good too. Mm. She's all right. Um, the point is, is that in the moment you're watching it and you're like, ah, he's off key and oh, this isn't that great. But you kind of give him some slack because it's like a big stage and they're performing live and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of like, you know, it could have been way worse. Like this was better than I thought it was going to be. And then I like went back and reminded myself of how halftime yeah. shows can be and um, like older ones too. And I was just like, man, that really sucked. <laughs> yeah. It, he, they, he definitely should have said no. Mm. But... You well, know. there was a lot of debate about that. Lots of artists were boycotting it yes. uh, in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. And there was something that came out that said, you know, there was a petition signed by a bazillion people mm-hmm. asking uh, Maroon 5 not to do it. But Adam Levine, I thought I'd heard in one of his uh, interviews that he was going. they were going to pay tribute to, like, the whole... What's, how do you say his name? Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick uh, stuff, the kneeling during the National Anthem. But... I mean, I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. He did I mean, pay tribute to the late uh, animator and creator of the cartoon SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter about that. People were pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted more. They wanted more SpongeBob. They wanted the song. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's my TV news. That's my commentary on the Super Bowl. We do want to just really quickly a throwback to last week when we were talking about Shit's Creek and welcome any new listeners who might have started listening. A lot of people liked our Instagram oh post God. about Shit's Creek. But we did get an email from a listener because you and I were talking about Chris Elliott and you were certain that you had seen him uh, in something else previously. He annoyed me on another show And you were like, And then you were saying, as long as he doesn't come out as like six different characters on Schitt's Creek. And I was like, what are you talking about? You were like, yeah, you might come out and be like the gas station attendant yeah. or be the, and the mayor. And, and I was just like, what? Like, no. And she was, and you were like, that happened in a thing with Chris Elliott. I know. I just didn't know. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And we got an email from a listener and they said, uh, it was Monica. And she (laughs) said that Chris Elliott used to guest star all the time on Letterman. Yeah. And he would play different characters on Letterman. And he was always really annoying. Oh, totally annoying. And so that was maybe what you were trying to think of. I think so. I'm pretty sure that must have been it because, uh... Oh, he was just so annoying. And uh, I just think it's that type of humor. But thank you, listener, for uh, helping my memory. Yes. And, <clears> you know, <throat> when I when I don't have that cultural knowledge, it's great for the listeners to shoot us an email so that mom doesn't feel... Like a dope. Well, you know, like she's lost at sea like trying I'm to remember what she's thinking of. <laughs> what are we going to talk about this week, mom? Well, we've been... Uh, we're going to talk about something that we both just finished watching we both finished watching it we have not talked about it on the podcast yet and we yeah. said we were going to talk about like three to other things but instead we're going to do this yeah we're going to do this instead because it's we find it more you know since we both watched it yeah. um we're going to talk about the ted bundy tapes on netflix and um watch it during the day <laughs> <laughs> it's well, so like netflix released a statement like on twitter or whatever not really a statement but tweeted about it and said you know, we're warning you, don't watch it alone. I watched it by myself. I watched it by myself. Right. So there's just something about true crime stuff. I'm interested in it. I, you know, and I wanted to learn more. Like, I knew that he murdered a bunch of women, and I know how he did it. Like, I knew the gist of, like, pretending that he had, like, a broken arm and, like, you know, playing on women's desires to help people and, and, you know, uh, care give. 
Yeah, and his whole demeanor. I mean, he was very um, handsome. Right. So the people, so like, he, it's not like he conned women in using that. I mean, no. he, he, he conned them by pretending he was weak and then he would hit them over the head and knock them out. But like the people in his life, his family, his mother, his people he worked with, Anne Rule, who he worked with, right. who wrote a book about him, that none of them would have suspected him of being a, a killer. And that's because of his charm and his, his demeanor and everything. Yeah, he was just very good at, I guess, closing off that side of him. Well, I you know what's really interesting know- to me is like, how you do that? It's also it's also kind of like a matter of privilege, right? Like he's a white man, so people give him the benefit of the doubt. People leave him alone in the courthouse library to do research <laughs> for his case, and the guy fucking escapes. Like, of course he escapes. Well, you left think, him alone. Do you think I had? I don't think it had anything to do with him being white. I think it was 100%. just percent. You think so? Imagine if he were black. I guess, yeah, yeah. If I'm he gonna, were black, there is no chance that they would have left him alone in a courthouse I don't library. Know. You think they would have? I don't know. I guess I'm just, I'm kind of thinking about how it was in the 70s, early 70s, 74, 73, 74. And I don't know. I am lived in Vermont where it's, you know, a bunch of white people in Vermont. I guess, I guess they would have like had a black guy handcuffed to the table and stuff. They wouldn't have left him alone. I imagine. I mean, I think, I, I think what you're saying is that in the 70s, there was no internet. There was no like, nobody knew there was no, like, mass knowledge about right. these kinds of violent acts, and so they seemed less prevalent. Right. And so when you have somebody in custody and, you know, in one state where they know he tried to kidnap somebody, which is what he was in jail for at that right. point. And they didn't know in Utah that they... That he had murdered were, a bunch of yeah. people. And so I think when you say, you know, it was the 70s, they were more lax, I think that makes sense that, you know, it was more like... They just didn't have that information sharing. They had no way of knowing those things. Well, and, the only way they could share information... Is if, I guess, if it was on TV, then they'd have to call. Yeah. And, you know, he was arrested in Florida, and he had left. He would had been in Utah and Colorado, and I mean, I don't know ex- the exact jumps that he did, but, you know, he was arre- He was in jail in Florida. Utah had no idea. They were still searching for the for the killer of, I think that little girl was yeah. taken in. No, she was she's in Florida. In Florida. Um, they were still searching for the killers of killer of the ladies in utah and colorado but they didn't know didn't realize it at the time he was in jail in florida and he's in jail in florida and he's not telling people his identity right he's and not it was his true it name. was a traffic accident that he was in jail for and they wouldn't post bond for it because or bail for it they wouldn't announce what his bail would be until he could give his identity right and he refused to give his identity and so he was in there for like weeks yeah ted bundy in in custody giant manhunt in the other part of the country yep. but nobody knew that that's where he was yeah until was they just, figured it out i mean he was wicked smart do he you think seemed, he was well i mean he had to have been he when he escaped from that jumped out of the uh, courthouse window courthouse he practiced in his jail cell jumping off of the top bunk to strengthen his legs so he could make it out of the jail cell then when he got arrested the second time or whatever he didn't eat lost he knew to lose enough weight to fit through a hole in the ceiling i mean it's like jesus christ the guy was like he was conniving yeah he was very like strategic in his violence i mean i think he was nutsy noodle of course but (laughs) he had he was strategic and he was conniving it is really interesting to to watch the show and like kind of get that more like inside knowledge of what was going on and and, because like when he talks about it well 
first of all, he like denies that he's that person, but he talks, but he doesn't deny that he escaped from jail twice. So like right. he, he's talking about that very honestly, the things that he did. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to just like hear what was going through his head when he was doing that. Cause when I think about him, I think cold blooded killer, total maniac, not someone you could ever have a conversation with. And I, like, right. it's hard for me to understand and conceptualize how nobody noticed that he was such a yeah. crazy person. Yeah. And then when you listen to him talk about these things where it, you know, oh yeah, I just, you know, I was strengthening my legs and they yeah. were letting me research my case. And I'm like, you sound so normal. Sounds very normal. Yeah. And you almost for a second are like, okay. Well, yeah, he, he had to talk in the third person yeah. when the two guys were That was really interesting. That was really kind of weird. And talk in the third person so he wasn't like assuming guilt, yeah. I guess. I you mean, know what that reminded me of? Huh. The if I did it. The um isn't that the OJ biography? Oh yeah, the book. <laughs> Let's not get into OJ. <laughs> I'm not saying we need to get into OJ, but like that idea of someone's asking me why I murdered these women, why I did these things, but I don't want to admit guilt because either I can't to myself or whatever. And so instead right. I'll say, Well, from my knowledge of researching these things This is could this could have happened. This is what someone may have done. Right. And the way he talks about the sort of instincts as like the killer instincts that he had. Ugh. As if it's somebody else. It's so creepy. It's wicked creepy. And this was all happening 74 to 78, I think it was. Yeah, I'm curious. What was going on in your life then? I was in high school. Yeah? And I don't think I heard anything about it at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because he was born in Vermont. He was born in Burlington, Vermont. Right. Which is... I... Like, if that were happening now, say, the kind of like internet story that would get built up around it and like the... The, like cu- cultural conversation that would be happening would be much more widespread. Oh yeah, and there would definitely be like articles on TV and in our newspaper here about Ted Bundy, who was born in Vermont, doing oh, these things. Yeah, I mean, and then there, there would have been all the forensic stuff and connecting him. I mean, they had to have, they should have been able to connect him quicker with, you know, at the time if we had, you know, the, the technology. Yeah, yeah, the technology and stuff. Well, that brings an interesting thing because. Um, there's this guy, Billy Jensen, who became popular through, well, to me. He became known to me through the podcast My Favorite Murder because he helped, he co-wrote the book or he helped finish the book uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is the uh, Michelle McNamara biography about the Golden State Killer. Okay. And yeah. so she died and then he, he like finished it. as He's a journalist. He writes right. about true crime. He posted this thing about uh, the backlog of, he, he, you know, he basically, well, I'll just read what he said. So what he said was, as we all binge the, uh, the Bundy tapes on Netflix and share the trailer for the Zac Efron movie, which I want to talk about too. Yeah. Please remember the victims. These women all had hopes and dreams and should all have movies made about them. I always try to remember what these monsters took away. And then he like does a, a separate Twitter post with an image for each of Ted Bundy's oh, victims. Wow that were um, identified. And then at the end, yeah, he does, see how many? God, he oh killed God. so many people. Yeah. It blows said, my mind that he killed 30, like at more than 30. 30 plus. So what he said in the end was, Bundy confessed to murdering Ugh. eight others in Utah, Idaho, Washington, and California. Maybe BS, but to the Emmys, medical examiners in those states, if you have female remains from the era that you don't have funds to process, direct message me and I will help pay for the extraction and familial search to give them back their names. Oh, that is nice. So he's basically saying he killed more women. Maybe he's just fucking with us and he didn't actually kill more women. But if you have people unidentified in your your morgue, call me up. 
and we'll make yeah. this happen. I mean, they all need to have a proper burial, yeah. send off, whatever. Yeah. Families need to know what's going Closure. on. Closure. Yeah, closure, definitely. And it's true that, and I think the Ted Bundy tapes do this really well, talking about sort of the media frenzy and the glorification of Ted Bundy. And you forget the victims. Yeah. You just kind of think about how he's a creepy guy and what he did and how he did it, but you forget that, you know, it wasn't just like a stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> a stuffed animal. You know what I mean. Sure. I mean, I think like we get obsessed with the sort of psychology behind why someone would do this because it seems so foreign to us, but he's a human and like what, so you become more interested in him right. and you forget about, sometimes you forget about the, the people he harmed and the lives he ruined. The families and the victims. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I like I liked that Billy Jensen was like, let's bring the f- attention back to them. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think the Ted Bundy tapes are glorifying him. I don't think so either. I think it's just kind of, uh, I think it's just a uh, recounting of. I don't. How am I saying this? I don't think it's glorifying it. I think it's just telling the story. Yeah. Of what what he did and how it affected how it happened. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, I didn't realize that we didn't have, I mean, I guess I did realize, but it was enlightening that we didn't have to realize that we didn't have like that technology to hook him from Utah to Florida. Mm. And it wasn't in the newspapers here. I mean, it might've been, I don't really remember at all. But it probably wasn't. Uh, yeah. But it's like, I, it's that, I don't know, true crime. You're just interested. I don't think I'm interested because it's like, you know, looking at a, accident as you're driving by i think it's more like i want to know i want the i want to know what was going on i want to know what happened yeah how it happened and why it happened yeah yeah i agree i I think they do a good job of of explaining that explaining why it took so long explaining how he escaped explaining the kind of mentality that people had around him and i think the ted bundy tapes do a good job about that and there are people i mean there was like they showed at one point they showed ladies in the courtroom girls in the courtroom who would just go to like, oh my God, there's Ted Bundy, there's Ted Bundy. Weird, right? Yeah. And they're all like so excited that he looked at them or they, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know why they would get that way. I guess it's just. People are strange. You know, I think equally weird are the people that were waiting outside of the police station or the jail when, oh, when he was, he was executed. executed? Yeah. They're like college age guys with signs about frying Ted Bundy and like screaming, like a big tailgate yeah. party. Yeah. And like one of the, they make a statement in the, in the Ted Bundy tapes from one of the detectives or maybe the journalists at yeah. the time. And they were like, these kids were ki- these teenagers in college now were kids when this was happening, when the, this um, Chi, yeah. Chi Beta girls were, is it Chi Beta? C-H-I, yes. I just want to make sure I'm not saying that wrong. I think it's Chi Beta. Chi Omega. So they were little kids when the, the women of Chi Omega sorority were murdered by him. And yeah. they're out there screaming and tailgating. And it's like a party for them. Yeah. And so the, the just sort of like strange dynamic of people who were like using his execution as an excuse to have a party. Right. And then these women who were kind of like obsessively interested in him as like, a, him. Yeah. as like a cultural icon or like a celebrity. Yeah. Um, I thought that the tapes did a good job of sort of digging in a little bit to our own weird psychology as people who are interested in true crime and like who these people are and why yeah. they do what they do. And why were they doing that? It's just it's really weird to me. Yeah. But I okay, guess, so yeah. What do you think about the Zac Efron <sighs> trailer? So there's a movie coming out and it's called uh, uh, Extremely it's kind of it's this, long it's name. It's from the it's from what the judge said. 
Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Yeah. Is the name of the movie. Which, I mean, like, that is the title of the movie. So, like, the debate going on right now is the trailer was released. Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy. Right. And people are, one, upset that Zac Efron is too cute to be playing Ted Bundy. Right. Like, too much of a pretty boy. Yeah. And that, two, the trailer makes it seem like an action comedy rom-com kind of thing. Uh, the way it was edited together. And they say the music should be less, should be more sinister than so right. upbeat. The trailer makes yeah. it seem like uh, a caper instead of like a horror movie, which is what it should be because he right. murders these women. Well, the, the Zac Efron one, I think it's from the viewpoint of his girlfriend. Yeah. Of <clears throat> Ted Bundy's girlfriend. And I, is it written by the same guy who did the Ted Bundy yes. tapes? Joe Berlinger, the director. So it's the same guy who just made the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix is also directing this movie. Right. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. I'm interested to see it. I don't... Is it at the movie? Is it going to be on TV, though? It's not going to be... No, it's a movie. Oh, it is a movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Then I don't... I'm interested to see it because I do... I am curious about Liz, the woman that he was with, and what she went through. Because, I mean... Obviously not in any way the same kind of victim as the, the women who Ted murdered, but like right. her life must have been really destroyed by him. Oh, I um, think, like devastated have, by him. Is she the one that had the kids with him, or no? He never had any kids. She ha- she had a kid, and he was dating her. She had a kid. There was a lady at the end that he married. Oh, in the courtroom. yeah, he had a kid with different her. person. Okay. She was a crazy, okay. you know, obsessed fan right. in the courtroom okay. kind of person. Yeah, so she yeah, so she's the one. Liz is the one that turned him in. Liz is the one who called and said, I think you should look into my boyfriend. Right. He's, I found things in his, his house and right. you know, he seems to be gone during the times that these things are happening yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Utah. Yeah. Cause it seems like there's, oh geez. Yeah. That's just like the other side of him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Zach Afron pulls it off. And you know, you know, I don't think I think Zach Efron. Zach, Zach, we keep saying his name really weird. Zach Efron is Zach Efron. We keep saying it weird. You oh. and I do, but we're both doing it. So whatever. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna listen back to it and be like, why are we saying Zach Efron? Zach Efron. <laughs> um, I think he's a good actor. I think he hasn't had a chance to play a lot of serious roles because he's been typecast as like this, you know. I don't think poster I've boy. Seen, have I seen him in anything? I'm sure you have. I have. Uh, yes. I never watched High School Musical. No, but that's what I'm saying is he's typecast as that. But he, he's been in a lot of rom-coms. He was in The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, like he was in like And I mean, watch. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got the it. Neighbors. Shirtless. Yes. Got it. So Ted Bundy was an attractive man. People thought he was attractive. So it's like, it's not like out of character for Zac Efron to be playing him. Yeah. But I also think... You know, people saying that the movie is going to be glorifying Ted Bundy. I think it's really more about the fact that people at the time were, in a sense, glorifying <laughs> yeah. Ted Bundy. Like, yeah. they, they didn't believe that he could be as dangerous as he was. And that's the point of the movie. And if the movie, um, I think the movie was originally called Ted and Liz. Oh. Which I think does read as a rom-com. Yeah, that's kind of They weird. changed the title to Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I think intentionally, because... Probably a good idea. <laughs> the guy was not a romantic Lothario. He was extremely wicked, shockingly yeah. evil, and vile. And he was horrible. They yeah. should have added horrible to that at the end. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I, I, I think people are kind of overreact- overreacting a little bit to the trailer, but... Yeah, well, if you watch it, it does, there is a lot of, you know, light music to it. It's like, you know, 70s music, and I don't think there's any murdery bits in there. There are. Oh, is They there? show him clubbing a woman. I don't think I saw that. It's very quick. He's got his oh. arm in a cast and a crowbar. Oh. Cause and there's, he's, there's a scene where he's dragging a body. I see. Maybe I didn't watch it too closely. I mean, the thing is, is like, it almost feels creepier to me to have that sort of lighthearted music with that imagery. Right. Because then you start thinking that it's going to be, you know. It lulls you in. It's going to be like the movie we watched yesterday. (laughs) Happy Death Day. Yeah. No, but that's, I think that's the whole point is that the trailer sort of lulls you into thinking that it's going to be like a um, happy-go-lucky rom-com caper kind of movie. And then there's these like flashes of this really dark imagery. And it's sort of like, that's who Ted Bundy was. He, he was convincing the people who loved him and cared about him that that he was was a normal guy. Yeah. Because those people did love him. Yeah. Well, his, uh, at the end of the Ted Bundy tapes, they brought his mother his confession. God, isn't that crazy? And, you know, she listened to the whole confession. And then she was like, do you want some iced tea? <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, lady. Yeah, she's got, she, yeah, it's interesting. She seemed like she had some issues. <laughs> well, or, you know. Or just denial. Yeah. You know, she did say that she wanted him to spend his life in jail. She didn't want him to die. Huh. But he got executed. He did. He did. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, spoiler? <laughs> For the end of the Ted Bundy days. I thought you said boiler. No. Because it probably was. Anyway, do you think people <laughs> do you think people should watch it? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just to educate yourself, I guess. And uh remember to, you know, don't take strangers at face value. <laughs> yeah. You know? You have to be careful. Yeah. I don't I just I mean, I remember, you know, I seventy four, I was a freshman in high school and I never really thought of you know, stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> it was, we were out all the time, mm. you know, so it was like, so now it's like, you know, you tell me you lock your car doors as soon as you get into your car and that's what everybody should be just like mm. on guard. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to it sucks, but you have to, especially for like bobcats around. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for wild <laughs> animals as well. Yeah. All right, Mom, do you have a word of wisdom for us? I Well, I was just reading something, and it cracked me up after talking about a doom and gloom Ted Bundy. Uh, okay. <laughs> this one I just saw um, when I was looking for a word of wisdom. But there was, a, you know, anyway. I'm Good God. Okay, fine. <laughs> this is what it says. Life is not a fairy tale. If you lose your shoe at midnight, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That just cracked me up. <laughs> I just think that, you know, isn't that true? It is true. I think it's a great word of wisdom. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Kind of funny. Do we have any idea what we're going to talk about next week? What are we going to talk we about We said we were going to talk about Roswell. Neither of us were particularly prepared to talk about that. Yeah. I don't know if people would be thrilled about talking about UFOs. They might be sick of us talking about our UFO obsession and vampire. And- well, we'll think about it and we'll, well, you'll hear from us in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been watching a bunch of different stuff, so. Okay. I just started watching, um, what is that one called? <laughs> the lady from Orange is the New Black. Oh, Russian Doll? Yeah. Cool. We could talk about Russian Doll. It's messed up. Don't spoil anything. People This people have been uh, spoiling things about Russian Doll and online, and 
people are getting angry, so don't start say anything. Oh, sorry, but I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Safe driving. Happy uh, day. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy almost Valentine's Day. <laughs> Is this coming out on Valentine's Day, and we're talking about Ted Bundy? God oh, help me. Oh, my God. It comes out the day before Valentine's Day. Sorry, everybody. Oh, my God. I wish we had. Con- I hadn't. I didn't even think. Last year we did a Valentine's Day episode about um, something like couples and people that you know, people that love <laughs> each other. And you talked about nine one one that show. <laughs> well, this year we're talking about serial killers. So <laughs> deal with it. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Listening once, uh, again. once again, you can follow us on Instagram at TV with my mom, and you can follow us on Twitter at TV with mom, and you can send us an email at, at TV with my mom at gmail.com. That's right, and you can rate, Don't review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Who do we want to thank? Mom? We're a hot mess. Who do you want to shout out? I want to shout out this gentleman that I met the other day. You have to do it quickly. Fine. <laughs> shout out is to Jesse. Congrats oh. on your newborn child. Oh, <laughs> listener of the week is Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. And who do we want to thank? We want to thank John Dodson for his musical repertoire-ation. <laughs> repertoire-ation. And also Diane Sullivan-Thorson for your art. We always appreciate it. We do. Thank you, guys. And we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Happy trails. Happy trails. <laughs> All right. Happy trails to you until we meet again.